Hi, guys. Welcome back to my show, Into the Light, A Different Life Story, with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Check us out on YouTube, check us out as a podcast, and don't forget to subscribe down there. Subscribe that button that you don't miss any of the shows coming up every week. We're going to talk to fantastic people. And today, indeed, I've got Nave Pry with me. Nave Pry was once upon a time, not so long ago, a lost boy. But he decided to to change his life. He decided to transform. And from the lost boy, nowadays we have got a beautiful, quirky, cheeky mixture of author, comedian, with a sprinkle of madness over it. And <laughs> just exactly what you want and exactly what you probably need in, in 2021 uh, around the world. So Nave, thank you so much for coming onto my show. Thank you, Stefana. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. We are in New Zealand. You hear the Harley Davidson just going past the house. Correct. <laughs> it's Christchurch. Okay, there yeah. are a few Harleys driving down there. <laughs> so straight from Christchurch. So we're actually in the same time zone, which makes a huge difference because oh. normally, normally I've got my guests sort of, you know, for them it's evening and I can barely hold my eyes open because it's four o'clock in the morning or something like that. So I'm the same. I'm the same. All my podcasts are usually from, Hosts in the USA, so yeah. I've got to get up at three thirty, four a.m. before work. And I'm just like, <laughs> I know. You know, has someone, someone got some cocaine? I, yeah. I need to wake up. Uh, well, give me some exactly. class. Well, exactly. Yeah. Oh, come on, you're, you're in Christchurch. There should be a good supply down there. I mean, for crying out loud. <laughs> so for those of you guys who don't know Christchurch, Christchurch is sort of pretty much the, the biggest town in the South Island of New Zealand. And unfortunately, the, the earth down there was quite shaky a little wee while ago. So a major, major earthquake down there. Mm. And now in response, there is a massive, massive reconstruction campaign going on. Everyone and his dog is building and rebuilding. And therefore, if you live anywhere else in New Zealand and you want a builder, yeah, about that. They happen to be all down there in Christchurch. And Nave, that's what you're doing at the moment, isn't it? You're working in Correct. construction. I'm civil construction. So yeah. it's um, foot, footpaths, roadings, gutters, construction sites, earthworks, stuff like that. No, it is beautiful. And it is, it is, unfortunately, we do live on the Pacific Rim of Fire. Uh, you do. can't just wish it away. That is, uh, the earth does funky things, which is really, really great. If you're a tourist and you want to come to Christchurch <laughs> or to, to Rotorua here, Rotorua is great. You know, it's just, if you drive through Rotorua in the winter, it feels like like a kind of horror movie because out of every every canalization vent, there's steam coming out, and sort of the, the whole thing looks like a like a sort of a, a scene from Fog, the fog of of the darkness, and it's just that is Rotorua, and and our earth crust is about twenty centimeters thick, so yeah. you know there is. That is what we are, uh, like it or lump it. So, guys, as soon as you can, come, come to us. Say hello to to beautiful Christchurch. Say hello to us, and have a damn good time because that's that's what this is all about. But having a damn good time um, for that, your mind needs to be in the in the right frame of mind. And sometimes we all get so lost. And you were a lost boy. 
uh, yeah. five years ago. And why was that? What was what was your setting at that time? I'd always wanted to be a creative person through my teenage years. But as we know, life gets in the way of what we want to do sometimes. And so I was just like a lot of people, going from job to job, happy enough, but not totally happy. Mm. And then it wasn't really until I started stand-up comedy when I was 38. Um, I was like, oh, that's right. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be in a creative field. Um, and that's what, oh, my life took a change in direction. Um, and I finally got to be on stage again and started writing again. And that's where I've led me to where I am now. Was there a catalyst? What made you one day decide to go for stand-up comedy? I think in my mind, I'd always wanted to give it a go. Um, but starting stand-up comedy, it's a big step. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> and then I saw an open mic night advertised in Wellington, which uh -huh. is not where I live. And I was like, my friends live there. Maybe I can go for a weekend and get on this open <laughs> mic and try it out. <laughs> so I flew to Wellington, did my first stand-up, loved it, didn't look back and... It's funny because I didn't know Christchurch had a comedy scene and someone in Wellington said, oh, they've got a great comedy scene. So they gave me the contacts of the people and I got back to Christchurch and full steam ahead in comedy. Huh. Okay, I didn't realise that. That is, you just see the, the, the odd sign somewhere. Yes, certainly in Rotorua. Mm. But I'm sure if one starts digging, then uh, enough thespians will fall out of the, the various <laughs> woodworks. And here you go. No, okay. How cool is that? Uh, but so, did you always make people laugh? Is that part of you? You called yourself cheeky earlier yeah. on. Is that Very cheeky? Always a class clown. Um, always doing stupid things to make people laugh. Not always successfully. I mean, the class clown, you know, I was always, I think the biggest way to put it during my high school year, I was always a bit of a dick, you know. But I didn't mind that because it got people laughing and I enjoyed that. Uh, I enjoyed the attention, to be honest. Um, and that's what I get when I'm on stage. I get the attention. I get the laughs. I get people with me in the moment. And it's fantastic. <laughs> Many class clowns are actually deeply shy and are, are using their, their alter persona mm. to, to do that. Does that fit for you or is no. that? No. Through high school, I was very much a major extrovert, um, nonstop talking, <laughs> just that's who I was. Um, okay. <laughs> as I've become an author, yeah. I've retreated into myself a little bit more, so I'm not quite the major extrovert used to be. Um, uh -huh. around people I'm comfortable with I'm still very flamboyant and that's that's who I am but not as much as I used to be it's just funny when you start the journey of as you probably know writing a book you go inward a bit you look in yeah. and you live inside yourself so you start to get away from being such a flamboyant person extrovert you're just kind of in your own little world no, I don't mind that for now so it's only my close friends and family to see the flamboyant Nathan so <laughs> And the flamboyant uh, knave is, of course, uh, the fun knave, the, the, yeah. the knave who is having a good time out there. And I love to be that person. I must say that in my own life, I needed initially fueling with Dutch courage to actually get into that. Because I think intrinsically, I was probably shy uh, when I was younger, but then bring me the alcohol and suddenly... I don't care that I can't sing. Give me the guitar and I play. And and yeah. guess what? 
the girls loved it like moths mm. to the flame. You know, I was the biggest freaking bullshitter and and bloody hell, you know, cheeky. Yes, of course. Yeah, um, yeah it was what it was. Um, and, you know, that was you anyhow in your in your younger times. You then went into construction. And then uh, not, when, not straight away. I uh, was a life and hospitality. Ah, I started as a porter in a hotel at 16 in a five star hotel. Right. And my whole life was hospitality. It's only been in the last five or six years I've gone away from hospitality oh. and tried other outlets. Um, hospitality, as you know, is unsocial hours. Um, it's a very social industry. There's a lot of drinking, a lot of partying. <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's not inducive to good relationships with your friends and family and your partners and your loved ones because you're working some very bad hours. And now that I'm in construction, I appreciate my weekends. And I would never give them up ever again. Um, this is the first job I've had where I didn't work weekends nice. in 42 years. So, you know, my weekends are mine. Exactly. And there is a certain freedom there because, as you quite rightly say, if you work in hospitality, it is very normal to then mm. uh, close down the kitchen and have a drink or um, have a break and have a drink um, or have a drink for whatever other reasons there could be. Uh, Many if, drinks. Oh, hell yes. You know? Hell yes. And it is what it is. Uh, yeah. In that time, that was in Aussie, wasn't it? Australia and New Zealand. I was in hospitality. Both. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Did trucks play a big role there? In Australia, it did. Mm. Um, I dabbled a little bit in high school, just tried things. Mm. Um, but it wasn't until I went to Australia where it's a lot more easy, easily accessible. Mm. The drugs were cheaper over there, yeah. uh, better quality. I mean, the, f the first friend I made over there was a quote-unquote pharmacist. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, in a very short period of time, I was only been there two weeks working working full-time in an Italian kitchen, and he had me out and trying Class A. Um, so, hmm. Typically uppers? Was there a lot of cocaine and things like that around? No, it was mainly ecstasy and then LSD. Uh, oh, right. As I, as I said, it was a, um, oh, a bit of speed now and then, mm. but it was recreation and then eventually heavy recreation. Mm. Um, I wasn't an addict in any way, shape or form, though I think if I'd stayed in the scene longer, potentially mm. I would have got there. Uh, but thankfully, I had a friend that gave me a verbal slapping and I stopped the heavy recreation. So oh, beautiful. beautiful. Mm. The slapping, uh, uh, good on you for listening to that friend. Too many times we don't listen to those friends. Uh, if people start annoying you, these are probably your <laughs> friends. Whilst the yeah. people that uh, if if they if they if they don't annoy you, if you're happy with them, they're probably supporting your habit. So I think mm. that's a good way of looking at it. So you were doing initially porter, then you worked in a restaurant. Did you work behind the scenes? Were you a chef? Did you go down that route or was, was it front of house or what did you do? I was mainly front office in hotels. So porter, receptionist, night auditor, night yeah. auditor duty manager, yeah. night manager, front office manager. But I did switch to food and beverage later in my adult life. So oh. barman, bar manager. Um, and then in Australia, kitchen hand, and then pizza chef in an Italian restaurant. So I did, I did that for a little bit. Um, and I nice. really enjoyed the pizza section. It was a lot oh. of fun. I, I learned a lot of good skills. 
I was about to say we need to talk. I wrote a book about <laughs> the, the perfect German or dangerously good German pizzas called Flammkuchen. Yeah, so here you go. So, and I've got a pizza oven in the garden. So, okay. So, sorry, guys, just go for a coffee for a moment whilst Nave and I quickly. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, 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 kidding. Stay here, stay here, guys. <laughs> but no, it is so, so, your life took turns and you, you sort of saw where the opportunities were leading you and um, there were new jobs coming along. And it's. I just bounced it, from one opportunity to the next. You know, there was no fixed plan. I knew I wanted to be a senior manager in a hotel, but you know, I took the time to get there. Mm. Um, and just bounce from job to job, enjoying life. Mm. Um, so. Did you know then that you wanted to be creative? Or was your focus more on surviving and actually getting money? Surviving, getting money and partying. That <laughs> once, In that once sequence? Was, or? Yeah, partying was kind of a <laughs> Exactly. Um, but the creative side of me, that kind of stopped when I left high school. Um, right. In my early 20s when I was partying, I did write as an outlet, just like short stories and some really bad poetry. Um, I think we all go through that stage, don't we? <laughs> I wrote songs. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I couldn't write songs. I could play other people's, but oh. I could never write my own music, which is something really weird. I could never – I come from a family of musicians. All right. And as I said, like, I could play covers of other people's stuff, oh. but I could never write my own songs. I don't worry, mind the shit. <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't think they will ever be written or, sorry, played or sung by yeah. anyone. Rest assured. <laughs> oh, no. Well, it is it is what it is, isn't it? We are dabbling and you, you, and it's good that we dabble. It's good that we try, that we try different things out, different hobbies. Uh, what was... I mean, you were not um, doing drugs or having a party, let's call it like that. Uh, and when you were not working hard, what what made you tick? Who reading. Were you? Reading. Oh, reading cool. and sleeping. Right. Reading and sleeping. Um, I was a fantasy reader. Oh, sorry. I love my fantasy, my sci-fi fantasy. It's what uh, I read. When yeah. I read, I want to escape. So I don't read uh -huh. a lot of nonfiction. I want to right. escape into that world and just forget about the shit that's happening out the front door nice. for a second. You know? yeah. That's what I do. Um, so when I wasn't partying or working hard, it was it was reading um, and relaxing. Um, I was a big PC gamer for many years. So yeah. I love my video games, although that's not uh, conducive to good writing. So that's been left behind in the last couple of years. <laughs> it does waste a lot of time. Mm. And time, as you know, is the biggest commodity we have. So, Time is everything. That's mm. indeed right. And but having said that, you don't realize that when you're in the middle of your kind of life that you take for granted, you need mm. to run into a few problems in your life. You need to run into a few challenges before you actually appreciate how much time is important and how beautiful every single second is mm. because you can now experience that second you will not know what happens in five minutes you don't know if tomorrow is guaranteed but it yeah. sounds like weird mystical philosophical shit uh, you know for us <laughs> but come on here construction worker in in christchurch yeah and we are talking about the 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 kind of you know uh larry fairy kind of things yeah, they're not Larry Ferry. Um, Fairy Larry? I don't know. I've heard it both words, <laughs> both ways. Um, the, I think that the reality is 
something triggered you something rattled your cage enough that you said oh okay enough of the floating around to start mm. off with what made you leave Aussie I was missing my kids sure. I had two children from my first marriage um, and when the mother of my children met her a new partner I was like well maybe it's time I go to Australia and find myself and give her some space to form the family unit Mm. Um, that's how I explain it to myself. In actual fact, I was just running away. I won't lie. I was running to Aussie to to find myself and do some drugs and party. Um, so you did the mummy and daddy thing. How old were the kids were uh, when you left, when you separated? Um, uh, when I separated, son was three, my daughter was one. Mm. So very early. Mm. Um, sorry, that was when I went... I think it was four and two when I went to Australia. Um, so, but I, I, I called them once a month. Um, they got presents, they got letters. So I was always, you know, trying to stay a part of their lives. Mm. Um, which is amazing yeah. how much partying I did. I still managed to keep in touch. <laughs> so. And good on you, man. Good on you. And as we all make decisions that we have to do, you have to do what you got to do. And in this case, you needed to find yourself. You needed to go towards that selfish period. Mm. Um, yes. And it is an important bit of you. You need to be selfish at some stage in your life, make all the stupid decisions. And some of us make mm. them earlier, some of them, of them make them later. I've had in, in a country far, far away, uh, I met many men for example, who were happily married to had two, three children. And then in their forties, they decided, well, actually I am gay. I'm coming out. And they came out in ways that you would think, whoa, how many men did you sleep with last night? You, you did what kind of a yeah. thing? They really lifted yeah. up. So, and with that, I'm please in no way speaking negative. I'm saying that, Every man, every woman will have a wild period in their life and it will come. Uh, some of us got it out of the way when we were younger. Others, they're still waiting to happen. And, but it will be a, a period of, of selfishness and of bad choices. And those of you who look down upon us about our choices, I just say, wait. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> it will come. <laughs> it will. <laughs> so, but then you decided, no, enough is enough. I've played enough. And now it's time to come home to Christchurch. And yeah. uh, it must have been quite a bit of a culture shock again to come back. Yeah, coming back, it was just trying to find where I fitted in, reconnecting mm. with family, reconnecting with friends. Um, I struggled to get a job the first couple of months. So I had to live with my parents on their, on their property. Mm. Um, but it all, it all fitted in. Um, and I still hadn't found myself. Like, I, I don't believe I grew up until 35, mm. 36. Um, it started to be on the journey of the person I'm becoming now. Mm. Um, but that's fine. You know, I mean, some of the most interesting people I know have never grown up, and, you know. <laughs> There's always going to be that aspect of childness, like childlike qualities to me, because I don't want to lose that ability that little kids have, where they look at the world and go, "Wow, you don't want to lose that." You know, mm. you've got to be mesmerized by certain things. Uh, you know? But also, we need to learn to appreciate that again. 
it is I was brought up to focus, get your work done. And, you know, money is everything. Social status is everything. And there was no room to play, playing and exploring and Mm -hmm. doing crazy things. I wasn't really, really supported. Uh, And that is something which I'm learning now. I'm learning that it is okay to make mistakes, that it is okay to not be the best, that it is okay to start a new hobby and make yourself look like a dick in it because (laughs) you have no idea what, you know, it is, I've become very good in being a dick um, in the sense of being a newbie in something. I try every month to learn a new skill. So every, yeah. And it could be uh, shooting, it could be uh, playing the guitar. I see a lovely guitar there. And it is, I played the guitar as a young man. Nowadays, Fine. yeah, exactly. Nowadays, God, when was the last time I played? I, I spoke French good enough to actually have two French girlfriends. Although it was probably a lot of non, non-verbal communication going on at that time. Um, <laughs> seemed to have been quite good in that. And so I decided, what do you get yourself? You get yourself a decent French dictionary and say, well, okay, if I could do it when I was 18, why not relearn French, do it now? Yeah. And that is that is what I'm doing. So right now in my, my life, there is actually very little that stops me. There is only the lack of imagination that stops me learning something new, doing something new. I've become quite disinhibited in a really mm. cool way. When I read a cool book and I say, damn, that impressed me. I look up the author and where are you? Okay, I want you on my show because your book was really bloody good. And it turns out that he's the Mr. Guru whatsoever. Well, the only thing that can happen to me is that that he either doesn't reply or like two, three days ago, I got a lovely email back saying, oh, thank you very much for your accolades and, and for for what you how you described my book. But look, I'm so flat out with other projects. I'm sorry, I can't mm. come on your show. But that in its own right was a beautiful experience to jump over my shadow, the shy guy in me actually writing to a, a really good high level author and getting that message back. That was a that was a feel good kind of moment. Mm. And that's really, really cool. I guess that's with you with your comedy. You 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 jump over your shadow. You do you get stage fright? Do you get nerves? No. Well, yes and no. Like I grew up on the stage. At high school, I was in all the high school musicals. Ah. I did theatre sports. I did debating. I did public speaking. Cool. Um, the senior years in high schools, I usually had the lead roles in all the school musicals. Oh, cool. Um, so you were really an extrovert. You were oh, out yeah. there. Good I man. wanted to be a famous actor. That was my dream as a teenage, teenage young man. Um, but life gets in the way sometimes, and that's okay. <laughs> you know, um, I was looking at going to acting school, but it just never eventuated. Yeah. And you know what? I'm, I'm not worried about that. I'm not regretful. It's just that's the way life went. You know. Um, and then, I mean, I do get nerves on stage. Like it's in particular, my nerves are more: is my new material going to land properly? Huh. Um, am I going to remember? Because my, uh, um, my memory is getting better, but it's never been the best in my adult life. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, learning new material 
and getting it in your brain and the order and stuff, mm. that's what I'm nervous about. So before I'm about to go on stage, I'm usually five minutes by myself in the dark corner of the bar, yeah. crouching on the floor, fingers in my ears, just focusing, focusing, focusing. Uh, 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 and there's a bit of nerves, but as soon as I pick that microphone up and say hello, into it. Love it. The same, same with me. Same with me. Um, and then, hang on. So if you look at Anthony Hopkins or other other uh, authors, not authors, uh, actors, many of them have become absolute celebrities way into their 50s, 60s. Mm. So, you know, who's to say that we are not talking about the next Robin Williams here, only because so far and you have he is a big inspiration to me. He always was. I loved his comedy. I loved who he was as a person. And please, please. He's wasn't just a sound comedian to me. He was an entertainer mm. and he was just a beautiful person. I would have loved to meet him. I oh, please, I really would have. please. Mm. So. <laughs> no, it is, it is so beautiful. I recently wrote a book about a gentleman. I don't know where this little vignette came in, but this, this guy, the author of the book actually um, was for a while driving around famous people. And he actually one day had Robin Williams uh, in the back and Robin was sort of bouncing around out there and uh, doing then jumping in was supposed to, to go to another gig. And the driver looked at him and then took a long detour. And Robin Williams was saying, where are you going? And he said, uh, you know, I think you just need a bit of time out. I think you need a bit of time for yourself. And Robin was a bit of shell-shocked and said, thank you. And just took a moment time out. <laughs> and it was so beautiful. That little vignette, that little, mm. that little, this man gave everything. This man was out there. And unfortunately, his end showed that, that we cannot always be out there for everyone else and be out there and not look after ourselves. And it is, yes, a great man. Uh, and yeah, what a shame that it ended like that. <laughs> but I guess what I was trying to say is that you don't know what the future brings. You do not know. And who are we? Who, who, how dare I stop dreaming? How mm. dare I say, oh no, that's impossible. When in reality, I have no bloody clue. I have never been this old in my life. How am I supposed to know how to behave today? I've never been here. So why not dream? Why not be positive? Why not say, hey, I want to learn circus arts. You know, mm -hmm. I've, done it, I've done it when I was 18. I was actually did a year of circus arts. So why not? Why not chuckle again? Why not spit fire? At least now there's no hair there that can get burned. You know, there are advantages having a certain age. Although my eyebrows, they, they, there's a risk there. A bit of Vaseline needed. Yeah, <laughs> no, Vaseline know, burns. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we need to talk about our fathers, don't we? <laughs> I have a very mixed bloodline and a very hairy family. So, <laughs> And that's just the women. I know, I know. Yeah, correct, yeah. <laughs> Oh dear, stop, this is not comedy. Be serious here. Christ, this is a serious show. Not. But is it? No. <laughs> no, no. Because life, life is so beautiful if you can actually just take the mick out of yourself. 
if you're stuffed. I mean, self-deprecating humour is is very big to me, you know. Um, and people are like, oh, you should insult yourself. But it's like, well, did it make you laugh? Yeah, mm. it did. You know, mm. it's not so much being negative on yourself. It's just I'm trying to get a laugh from people, mm. make them smile. Mm. How I get that smile, mm. I don't care. Mm. If I have to insult myself or be a bit silly or, or whatever, it's, as long as I get that smile. True. And sometimes if people feel, oh, my God, how can you make that joke about yourself, about your mm. weight, that highlights a lot about the issues that they are secretly dealing with. Mm. Because if they if they feel suddenly very touched by your joke, uh, even if you put it onto your own shoulders, that, that says a lot. And how beautiful is that? Because would that not mean that this is the start of a conversation? If someone is upset about something, does that not mean that maybe there is some work to be done in a, in a really mm. good way of, of yeah. either coming to terms with whatever has just upset you or actually use it as a sign that, you're, that your mind is ready to deal with it now? And yeah. one way or the other, it is, it is beautiful. So well done. And that's, that's what a good comedian does, isn't it? You do, yeah, of course, you could go into the slapstick kind of routines, etc. That was, you know, that is not really comedy for me. That is, I don't know what that is. Um, I mean, my, my comedy is very dark. I mm. won't lie. Um, there's some very dark elements to it. Um, but with comedy, you've got to have the spectrum. You've got to have everything. You know, uh, otherwise uh, a comedy night's boring. You know, you well, can't exactly. all be in the centre. You've got to have all extremes. And my stuff can get a little bit dark. I talk about divorce and feelings and bad situations on stage, mm. just trying to be a little bit different. Uh, But yeah. that's life. And mm. it is, that's, that's why I do this show to demystify mm. these kind of things. Divorces happen. It's a one in two chance for crying out loud. Mm. It, is a, yeah, mm. it is one in three chance that you will have depression in your life. Well, you can also laugh about the weird aspects of depression. You can laugh about the crazy aspects of addiction. Why not? Why not use humor to break down the masks that we hold in front of us and therefore let the true you come out with a gallow humor. The sheer fact that yeah. you're laughing, your bloody tears into your eyes on a joke that maybe it wasn't even so funny, but in the moment it just so spoke to you and it was so surreal that you're just falling to pieces. How bloody good is that? You know? Brilliant. Isn't it? No, oh, comedy, it is, it is, it's the one thing that a good laugh is so, so, so powerful, isn't it? Oh, it is. And yeah, I think all comedians are slightly crazy because getting up and making people laugh is not easy. Um, it's, a, it's a steep learning curve when you first start comedy as to what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, how to read an audience. How to read an audience is the biggest one. I mean, I, is it not? I was on a podcast with a comedian from the U.S., A couple of weeks ago and because he's a comedian i'm a comedian we were, we were bouncing stuff off each other and, and i was explaining to him i have a tester joke when i get up to a new city or a new club where there's a new audience i haven't really experienced before i'll throw this little tester joke out you know it's a little bit dark a little bit light just chuck it out there and then from the reaction to that joke i then know right they love that joke i can go down the dark or they didn't like that 
I need to go back to my slightly more cleaning mm. material, you know. Mm. So, so and that's really really good isn't it because we mm. had um <laughs> we've had uh, not dishing other comedians plus but there's for example ben elton out there who has got a very in your face uh dirty routine very very uh crass yeah and he was he is just touring again here in new zealand so i thought uh my wife and i we actually had uh, we've seen him before and it was nice for us to go out. We haven't been out for a while. So I, I tried to surprise her with tickets. And luckily I asked her before and sort of said, um, you know, Ben Elton is in town. What do you think? I would love to get you prime tickets, prime seats, etc., uh, to treat you. And she said, oh, I love you too. Thank you very much. But can't you remember? We actually didn't like him. We actually found him. <laughs> and I said, well, actually, now that you say it, yes, <laughs> it was actually far too brutal. And, and we actually chose not to. So here you go. So the, the message to my wife, I love you, got transmitted. So that was good. And she received the message loud and clear. Bingo. Uh, but actually, we chose rather not to, to, to go down that route of comedy. Um, so it's just, yeah, it is what it is. So it's, mm. it's good. But don't apologize for, for taking some harder topics on in your comedy because that's what life is all no, about. It's, um, you can, once you've got the experience, you can tackle any topic on stage mm. you want. It's just having the experience and the knowledge on how to deal with that topic. I did a set very early on in my comedy, six months in, I think. And the set was supposed to come across that I'm a bit of a dick and I struggle with women and I can't you know, pick up. And the jokes, I think, had good bones to them. They had good potential. But because of my own experience, the jokes, the whole set came across as women are all bitches and I can't get laid. That's how it came across because my inexperience isn't delivering it. <laughs> and the first time I tried that set, the whole front row was a was a hen's night, a wedding party. Oh, um, <laughs> they hated me and deservingly oh. so because I couldn't deliver it the way it was supposed to be delivered. Oh. Um, the second night I tried that set a week later because we were always taught you try gags or sets three times and if they don't work out three times, shelf them, go on something new. The second time I tried it, the whole front row was a whole bunch of lesbian couples, which was beautiful. But once again, they didn't like that material either, and deservingly so. It was not bad material, but it was really shitly delivered. Um, so I've got the video of that night, and I watched it about three months ago, and I'm like, ooh, that was so bad, you know? Um, I hope in the future, one day, I get to re visit that set, now I've got more experience and write it the way it deserves to be written. Because as I said, I think it's got potential. I just need to deliver it in the correct manner so I don't look like a complete misogynistic piece of shit. <laughs> oh, so beautifully said. Oh. But, but here you've got the balls to actually go out there and make the mistake and cringe <clears throat> over oh, it. Yeah. But yeah. that is such a learning curve. That is such a mental scar. That is so important. Embrace mm. the pain. Embrace yeah. the suck there because like, that makes you a yeah. better comedian, better yeah. writer. But we, 
when we start comedy, like uh, in Christchurch, I'm not sure about the other centres, in Christchurch there was like a welcome to comedy run by the kind of more professionals in the scene, um, just laying the ground rules on on subjects to stay away from, taboos, how to get booked, what producers like. Yeah. Um, and one of the rules, you know, was like the main rules were like no rape jokes, which is fair enough. Oh. No one wants to hear those. Um, no misogynistic, no punching down. So if you're middle class, you don't punch down on the poor, you always yeah. punch up, stuff like that, you know. But that was really, I've gone to some big comedians in this country and seen them, and they've broken those rules because they know how to break those rules. Uh-huh. So a newbie getting up and talking about one of those subjects I just mentioned, it's going to be dismal and horrible, and that's why the rules are in place. But then you see a seasoned professional and they can tackle and get right to that line and just take you over because they have the knowledge how to do it. You know what I mean? So once you have the knowledge and the craft, there's not much you can't handle. But as I learned in that set about myself and woman, you wait until you've got more experience before you tackle those <laughs> subjects, you know? Oh, a wise word spoken there, oh. man. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we have to bomb as comedians. Um you need to bomb on a semi-regular basis because it keeps you hungry. It keeps you motivated and you don't go stale because you're always trying to improve. You're always trying to, you know, work those jokes. So, and it's the it same. sucks, but. Yeah. Yeah, oh, but that's the same it. as us authors. We, we want to mm. get better. We are, if I look back at the first book I wrote, oh my God, oh God, it makes me cringe. And it's the same thing. It is, there is always more that we can learn. How cool is that? How cool is that? You are not at the end. Imagine it's the end now. That's how good as you're going to be ever. No. Uh, Don't like that idea. No, not at all. None whatsoever. No, no, I like it. Let me develop. Let me learn. Let me grow. Let me transform. Let me adapt. Let me change. Because that's me. That's the journey I'm on. It's a bloody winding path. I'm, I'm, I'm making it from there to there and think back, wow, this is far, how far I come. But then there is just that little curve in the road. And suddenly there is, wow, what a beautiful scenery. And I had no idea that this was coming in my life. So here I am. Yeah, this, this is, guys, listen to us. This is passion. This is madness this is this is creativity this is this is stuff that happens because we have gone through dark places we have gone mm-hmm. through through hazes of drug fused alcohol fused days weeks months where you think yeah that 1998, I can't remember that year, uh, or was it 2016? Yeah. I'm so much the same. I, <laughs> people say to me, oh, when did that happen? I'm like five or six years ago. Well, what year was it? I'm, uh, I don't remember <laughs> when things happened. To me, it was like four or five years ago or 10 or 12 years ago. It's never this happened 2015, 2014. Yeah. I, I don't know the year it was. <laughs> if you said to me when did Haley's Comet come past New Zealand okay I know that that was 1986 <laughs> you know if you ask me when did I you know yeah. marry my first wife I don't know I don't know the years for things unfortunately <laughs> my, my brain doesn't work that way yeah 
<laughs> yeah, and mine was pickled enough for a certain period of time that it didn't pay attention to that. So you know, it is—it's just I—I—I I, I tried to to maintain my youth by by soaking it in alcohol, and yeah, it is mm. yeah. Didn't How'd work, that go so. for you? Yeah, that's no? right, exactly. <laughs> it made me the man who I am now. And for that, I'm oh, grateful. Yeah. I think that is that is all I can say about that. And, and I'm very, yeah. very grateful that most of my escapades happened at times when phones didn't have cameras in them. Okay. So, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, and well, the other thing is, of course, moving around the country, moving around the world. That helps too. Like in your case, um, like <laughs> what happens in Aussie stays in Aussie kind of a thing. <laughs> Unless I still have friends from those days and they've also grown past. So, you know, uh, I hear from them, hey, how's it going? Oh, that's yeah. all right. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Now, you are an author and it would be so yes. rude for you not to show your book. It would be so rude not to tell us a little bit about your book. What is really making you hot and excited at the moment? Come on, brother. Slave boy. That's book one. Okay. Book one in the Demok Chu series. Um, now, Demok Chu, in the language of one of the races in the book, stands for Demon Child. Uh, so Demok Chu series is nine books long. Book two is written. Book two is already the proofreaders, and we're hoping to have that out June, July. I've already started writing book three. In fact, I'm about four or five chapters into it. Oh, fantastic. So, fantastic. And there is something. Netflix, move over. Come on. Hey, guys, go back to the good old-fashioned, you know, the, the kind of let's turn the page or a bit more modern, flip the page on your whatever device you're reading. I have about. both. I mean, I prefer a book, a paperback, oh. but I do have the ebook for traveling on long yeah. flights because uh, well, having six or seven novels, that gets bulky <laughs> in your suitcase. Um, <laughs> my first trip to the USA, I was buying books oh. as I was going, and like, I think I came back with seven big, thick novels. Uh huh. Uh -huh. That's a lot of weight. That's uh, please. Yeah, that's, you do the that's, same. Absolutely. I'm renowned for that. I did that with so, shoes as well. Uh, <laughs> I love, I'm a shoe fiend. I came right. back from my first US trip with five pairs of shoes. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. I love it. Love hey. shoes. Whatever, whatever makes you happy. That is uh, yeah. everything in moderation, including moderation. Okay, so yeah. you know if you if shoes are doing doing putting a smile on your face. Oh, definitely love shoes. Fantastic, right? I, Nave, I'm so honored that you came onto my show. It's so beautiful to to talk to someone who has decided to change his tech completely, to yeah. has, has decided to embrace himself, to get to know himself to start off with, the real him, not not the kind of facade, not the kind of, yeah. you know, you got to know a few of the other yous uh, in yes. Aussie and now you decided, no, actually, yeah, okay, I'll, I know them. Yeah, but I mean, it's, the it's, it's funny because my journey started about 10 years ago at 32, 31, 32. I heard a comment from a friend had said, I was a 32-year-old loser with no direction in life. <sighs> and that stuck that was the beginning of the anger that mommy says oh is it is that what i am hold my beer you know 
that's because that started it for me, and that yeah. was, I believe, in some ways, anger is a gift. Yeah. It can very much motivate you and drive you, and that's kind of that's where the journey started for me when I started looking inwards. Okay, what's my character flaws? What am I doing wrong? Yeah. How do I treat people around me? What do I want to achieve? What's my drive? That comment started it ten years ago, and now I'm a published author. I do stand up comedy, and I'm very happy. I found my calm, which is the way I describe it now. I found my calm. So, still with a sprinkle of madness. So, no, that's all called cool. uh, madness, cocaine. Yeah. No, <laughs> that is the other sprinkles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always wondered why you were sniffing the the um, the sweets. Yeah. 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 <laughs> If there's, yeah. oh no, oh no, sorry, that was sugar. <laughs> Anywho, uh, no, Nave, it's it's brilliant to talk to you because you actually you gave me permission to dream. Your story gives me the freedom to actually say, well, if he can get his shit together, what could be my next step? Should I try stand-up comedy? Hmm. Hmm. Why not? Why not? Improv kind of thing. And where, yeah. whereabouts are you, Stefan? Whereabouts I'm in Rotorua. In Rotorua. Okay. So and um, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a bloody good good scene somewhere here. But I'm going to give... Hamilton. Hamilton has a scene. Yep. Palmy North has a scene. I lived in Palmy for six months. All right. The North Island comedy circuit, you've got Hamilton, you've got Napier, you've got Wanganui, you've mm. got Palmerston North. There's a lot of comedy going on in that wee centre. So nice, if you ever decide you want to, contact me. <laughs> yeah. I know all the producers. I will send them your so, way. So here you guys. Did you see what just happened? I actually just opened myself up that little bit and suddenly opportunities arise. What what waits for you guys? What was to happen if you just open up that little bit? What will shine through? What will pop in? Will there be the, the new you waiting for you there? The new you that you don't even know yet about. But what stops you? Probably only you yourself. That's the reality. The, oh my God, but if I would do that, oh my God, what would they say? Oh, fuck it. They typically don't really give a damn about you and people will anyhow talk about you behind your back. You might as well give them something to talk about and you choose what they talk about, okay? So life is the short, guys. Out there, come on. Come on, you can do it. Nave got his act together. I got my act together. What stops you? Dave, I'm so so grateful that you came onto my show. Honestly, you gave me permission to be to be to find a nutty, a creative, crazy boy in me, uh, who sometimes gets a bit lost. Sometimes mm. is, and I. I, I think I, we've all been lost in our life at some stage. Mm. I mean, you've all got to go through that at some stage in life. I think it's an important part of growing up. I just made a lifestyle out of it. So, you know, don't do that. Visit it and go through it. Don't That's live in the moment like I did, you know. <laughs> For several years or decades. Yeah. That's well, right. That... 32 years almost, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay, that was then. The, the past does not equal the future. Yeah. And we no, both have not. proven that. Cool. Mm -hmm. So, guys out there, you heard the message loud and clear. The past does not equal the future. So, choose right now. You switch off here. The very first choice you need to make is do I subscribe or not subscribe to this button? And, of course, you will subscribe. The second choice then is 
do I actually want to have a look at what Nave is actually doing? And if you want to do that, look down there into the description of this video and of this podcast, because the social media links are down there and you can check out Slave Boy and uh, all other future uh, cool developments that are coming. And maybe we get a, a tour going and uh, soon <laughs> traveling New Zealand uh, for, for the comedy once you heat up again. Um, and then we'll take it from there. So guys, look out after yourself, go out there, make this life worthwhile. And Nave to you again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me on. It's been so much fun. Absolutely. Bye. <laughs>